This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, on today's episode of the podcast, I sat down and visited with Jack Zwart. Jack is the host of Heartland Revival, a podcast. Uh, find it on Spotify. I'll post the link in my description. Uh, Jack is also known as Rust Belt Kid on Twitter. So we got into how he got started writing about the Midwest and why he celebrates it and why he appreciates it. And then eventually why he started the podcast, what it's all about. Uh, it's just super fun. Fun to have a, a upper Michigan guy that had started a podcast as well and kind of be able to pick his brain of, hey, what are you looking for? What are you searching for? Uh, and kind of hear the foundation of all of it. So I really appreciated this one. I hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Jack, thanks for coming in. Hey, nice to be here. Yeah. Uh, you... I want to talk about a handful of things, but you started a podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I want to explore that and then kind of just your background first. So I think it'll just kind of interweave back and forth. Yeah. Uh, so do you mind if we start with you? Ah, let's start with the podcast. What did that come from? Um, it came from, I was, well, I guess a short time ago, I was asked to be a guest on another podcast besides for this one. Mm-hmm. And I just really had fun with it. The host was super good. Um, he's got fire. I don't know if I have as much fire as he has, but um, I felt like he was actually that host. And his name is Mike Lombard. For anyone wondering, he hosts the Lombard Trucking Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like helping truckers with their fitness. That's his personal goal, right? And he wanted to have me on to talk about manufacturing and I feel like it was a productive conversation. You know, there's like exploratory conversations and there's productive conversations. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I was just pretty inspired by that. I had been writing online for some time under a pseudonym, just about industry, about politics, whatever. And uh, I felt like I could, I had enough audience over there that I could start to take those people and then do something a little bit more productive and then get to know, get to know the people that I was interacting with. Mm -hmm. Um, and just mostly as an excuse for me to bring cool people in and pick their brain. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and, and the pseudonym online, uh, the, the podcast that you started is called, what's it called? It's called Heartland Revival. Okay. And it's about, uh, can you give me the breakdown celebrating the Midwest, celebrating the, yeah. Can you give me the breakdown? Yeah. So basically the goal, I can't, I wish I could uh, have it in front of me. I can't remember what I wrote in the bio of the podcast, but, uh, basically I just sit down with Midwest guys. We talk about what makes the Midwest so great. Um, explore the blue collar jobs, explore, you know, I have a few different things lined up, but, uh, 
the landscape, the people, the history, the jobs of mm-hmm. the Midwest, particularly like blue collar America. I'm just trying to highlight like blue collar America. That's my goal. Right. Right. And then, so Heartland Revival and because the Midwest was a booming place and you talked about it in your first episode, that gentleman gave a lot of the history of how it got to where it's at. Right. Yeah. Uh, but celebrating some of that history, but I want to take you back further eventually, but that's something you're excited about that. Right. Okay. And, and, and I guess I'm trying to, I'm curious where that comes from, but I feel like you can't really get there unless I hear some of your background. Um, yeah. What, as a, as a young age, was that a part of your life? Was that a, or where you grew up downstate or where'd you grow up? No. So I grew up in Illinois. Okay. And this is, this is part of the reason I, I chose the, um, pseudonym I chose for a while because when you move somewhere, like maybe downstaters can relate or like anyone that's not from the area, mm-hmm. people will, when you first move somewhere, they'll identify you as that guy from Illinois. Yeah. So then. I just kind of tied that Rockford, Illinois bit in with kind of the narrative. And then you can choose a name like Rust Belt Kid, which Mm -hmm. I don't care that people know it's me now. Sure. But in the beginning, it was just like a way to convey a message Hmm. without using your actual name. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, anyways, I grew up in Illinois. I, I was thinking about this exact thing and maybe I'll write something on it. It's like, why does it even matter to me? Um, I think the reason it matters is there's this, there's this photo I found in my parents' basement just like not that long ago, six months ago or something, right? And it's this photo of my brother. He's like one year old. He's sitting on a John Deere die-cast tractor in the yard. Mm-hmm. There's the old farmer's dog sitting next to him. He's wearing overalls. And in the back, you can see this old dairy farm where at the time, you know, the guy was in his eighties. He still lived mm-hmm. oak trees in the yard. It's like classic Americana. And, uh, that's just, I got the pleasure and, and the gift of growing up there and you don't know it at the time, how special it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get older and you move around and you get a job and, you start to get maybe more pessimistic about some things in life Mm -hmm. or just more stress or whatever. And you always look back on like the good old days. Right. Right. And then at some point you realize like these are still the good old days. Mm -hmm. Your kids are having good old days and it's your job to kind of like bring the best out of wherever you're at. And I was blessed with a really good circumstance when I was young Mm -hmm. and every every area or person or time or place has something special about it you just have to bring it out yeah and i think when you quit like uh when you can view your own life as i view that picture of my brother then you can start to make real headway that's interesting uh i can sometimes struggle with not seeing the beauty where i'm at right uh and, and always, almost across the board, if I look back at any period of my life, I look back at it with nostalgia. Yeah. I, three years ago. Doesn't matter. Anytime. And, and just like you did with that picture, I can look back at a picture of me 10 years ago. But I guarantee in that moment, 
I had similar issues of not necessarily always seeing the beauty, right? right. But in hindsight, it's always unbelievable, right? Yeah. And maybe you forget the bad and you only remember the good or whatever it is, but I think it's just perspective. So I've been trying to lately as be like, hey, my wife gets annoyed by it, but like a lot of times I'm like, hey, before you know, we're gonna be 75, wrinkly, whatever, you yeah. know, like it's uh, yeah. but if you, like if you can put yourself in the shoes 10 years from now, it might help you give you perspective of look how lucky we are. You know, yeah. uh, I try to do that. It's hard to put yourself in that, in that forward for, thinking mindset. Yeah, for sure. And I found myself, I think, I think maybe a lot of people found themselves like mentally questioning things, especially during COVID, but, but even just you get older, right? Mm. Like, there's just more stress in your life and you have to, figure out a way by the way i did not envision this conversation going like this but, <laughs> <laughs> but um but you just have to you have to realize or come to grips with but also like maybe maybe i should phrase it like this my parents granted me that landscape that time that place mm-hmm. to enjoy and, and like did we enjoy it, right? Me and my brother, two kids growing up, farm next door, we just went out and had a blast every day. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's my turn to give my kids a similar thing, right? Yeah. And it, it's not like I'm just over here slaving, you know, and I never see my kids or something like mm-hmm. that. But the, the point remains that people should be proud of, I guess the bottom line is people should be proud of their work um, and just find the find the glory in, in the everyday things, right? And and promote people that are that are doing good stuff and have a positive message. I yeah. guess that's the bottom line. Yeah. What jumps out to me though is like, uh, man, because I think everybody can relate to this. That's uh, How old are you? I'm trying to think of where we're, I'm, we're uh, within a year or two question. of each other, right? I'm 25. 20? Yeah. 25, okay. So I'm a few years ahead of you, 29. Uh, trying to think my ears blend together too anyways uh i I bet you a lot of people our age can relate you got those younger years which are again in hindsight they're blissful right obviously Mm -hmm. there's pain and struggle whatever else but then and then you get into like college and you get in this but then you get into fatherhood and kids and busyness and bills and all this stuff right you can get sucked on or up pretty quick right absolutely uh and for me i feel like it's uh, what i don't know if this is true or not but i feel like I could see it being where this is a many things that it accomplishes for you. Like for me, for my podcast, I could, I could list for about 20 benefits that it has, but I don't know if you, I'd have to sit there and rank order them, but obviously the intellectual pursuit, the challenge, meeting cool people, whatever else. Right. But I could see it being a thing too, where it's like intentionally seeing the beauty, just like you said, yeah, yeah. right. And, and getting yourself out of this, uh, headspace where you're sometimes just, not going through the motions in a way or you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was on, when I was in Mike's podcast, I think we did it. So I've been on Mike's and Mike's been on mine. Uh-huh. And I think this, this is gives credit to Mike's um, hosting ability, but I think we, we pulled the message better out of Mike's. Yeah. And, and that was my generation and, and maybe older people will say, will say the same thing, but, um, there's a whole point about the QAnon does a good job at this. This is what I'll say. The QAnon yeah. does a really good job at this. People are okay and actually happy 
to do blue collar work. Mm -hmm. But if you get to suburbia or like, even though I grew up on a farm, I went to a school that had some suburban kids and it was college, college, college at all costs. Mm -hmm. And if you were dumb, then you went to the trades. Yeah. Like if you were an intelligent kid or even halfway, you know, gave an effort in school, they were talking about college, 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 and nothing else. Not the armed forces, not trades, not anything. Mm-hmm. No, so I, and that's part of what you're celebrating too. So my interest in right here, I keep honing on you and what the podcast means for you and whatever else. And I think eventually we'll get back into that. Uh, I do want to get back to some of your initial history, which got you into why this interest in a way. But for me, the exciting part, again, maybe that's just my nature and what this is about is just focusing on you and that podcast and and what does it mean for you right now and stuff like that, more on like a, a interpersonal level. Uh, but again, we can we can get back into that later. But the absolutely, that was my life too. I mean, we were similar age where it's like, if you weren't going to college, you're a failure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of what your message is, is like celebrating blue collar, celebrating the midwest celebrating the like the uh, yeah the work ethic yeah like the everyday Uh, joe and and i i feel like the Keweenaw is the same as illinois in this aspect is like there's a there's a ton of good dudes and and women as well right Mm -hmm. and and people that are just smart and i i spent some time traveling for work last year to portland Mm -hmm. and I spent a little bit of time out east, not a ton of time, right? But there's just something special. And maybe it's just because you can say maybe it's because you were born here Mm -hmm. and the people are like you. And maybe that's the case. Right. But there's something fundamentally different about people from the Midwest. That's my opinion. But and uh, and it should be celebrated. Mm -hmm. I think on a national scale, it's probably not. And. So maybe one of my little goals is to just celebrate every do- everyday average Joes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think the QA is unbelievable. Uh, f- you know, just from traveling to different areas for what we celebrate and what we push from a work ethic and the blue collar side of things is tremendous compared to a lot of parts of the country. Obviously, there's little pockets all over, right? Different farming communities like you had in Illinois or even a lot of the Midwest, right? But I will say when I when I lived in Western North Dakota, their connection to the land from a farming perspective was way more intense than here. Mm, uh, yeah. I mean, they knew. I mean, it, I never even knew you talk about rain and hundredths. I guess that's part of the uh, <laughs> the dry or the, the you know the speaks to their amount of rain they get over there too, right? But yeah. uh, every conversation, everybody knew. Uh, one of the political campaigns was out there was that the guy was dogging his political competitor because he didn't know that that day's price of a, a uh, what's the the unit for like meat. a bushel of corn. a bushel of corn or whatever yeah like <laughs> mike mike johnson doesn't know what a bushel of corn was today like that was his <laughs> dig on <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. uh, obviously it's a different a farming community here we don't have that it's more of like a logging type right. background or whatever but right. it was interesting to see that and how like working at that chevy and cadillac dealership like agriculture i know it was oil as well but everybody was connected to the agriculture Mm. Uh, yeah probably similar to where you were at right yeah yeah it was a good it was an interesting mix because you have chicago and rockford they're about two hours apart we lived closer to rockford 
but still like 45 minutes away. So like if you think about conferences, like athletic conferences for a second. Mm -hmm. So like, oh man, now I'm showing my ignorance. What's the one up here called? What do you mean like that? Like like the, that all like Cali, Matt, Houghton, Hancock. Uh, Westpac or something Westpac, like that? Yeah, yeah right. right. So like our conference in Illinois was all rural schools. But okay. if you went one way or another, east or west, outside of like a couple town range, mm -hmm. so think of like an area the size of the Keweenaw, you would be strictly in like suburban or urban areas. Hmm. So we, I had like less than a hundred kids in my class, which is, you know, not tiny, I right. understand, but we had like 90 something. And, uh, but like my grandparents and my parents, they all worked in town or in the city mm -hmm. and you didn't think anything of it at the time. It was just normal, right? Like your neighbors were farmers and my dad was a equipment operator and a welder. My grandpa worked at the Chrysler factory loading cars and my other grandpa worked at a wire factory. Mm -hmm. That was just like baseline for me. Yeah. And you didn't know that that was, you know, now it's kind of part of a narrative I tell and a story I tell, mm -hmm. but at the time it's not like you thought good or bad or indifferent. It just, it just was. Mm -hmm. right? So it was kind of a unique place in that, you, you know, you had asked me if people are connected to the land. Um, doesn't sound like as much as North Dakota, but yeah. definitely more so than here. Like you talk about land is priced by productivity. Mm -hmm. And I guess you could say the same here for, to some extent, but right. I would say here land is more priced for beauty. Yeah, for sure. It's different. Like, I mean, even in real estate, people talk about like timber value and you go look at it and it's like not even part of the conversation. Unless you're looking at large tracks, mm. somebody to buy a 40 is timber value. I mean, it's more the views, the setting, the location. Yeah. It's not even a thing from what I see. And, and maybe it should be, but it's not. I mean, again, way less people are heating with wood, I guess, or to even go log a little 40. But anyways, uh, okay. But so you that, that, know that whole dynamic, I guess. And then I guess that ties into your background, how we were pushed college, college, college. Did you go to college? Did you, did, yeah. you get, did you get a degree? Yeah, I did. So I got a forestry degree from tech. Okay. And it's the same, it's the same kind of uh, narrative once over again. So I'm at tech. I'm doing fine. I was in engineering. Mm -hmm. And then I had this professor and he, and he made this comment. And I wasn't doing as good as I would have liked, by the way, but I would have passed. Mm -hmm. And he makes this one-off comment about like, if you want to be the best engineer, you have to stay late. You can't go out to the bars or you can't go home early and go to the beach. You have to stay late and put in the work and that's how you get to where I am. And I'm like, where you are? Mm -hmm. hey, that sounds miserable. You're teaching 19 year old kids like the fundamentals of cad like that sounds terrible i wouldn't right. ever want to do that maybe i actually don't want to do this yeah and to some extent it was probably an excuse for me not be doing as good as i would have thought sure but that's when i switched majors yeah and for sure there was a crutch there i won't i won't lie about that right i was like having a hard time for the first time in my life and i'm like well it'd just be easier to change mm -hmm. but at the same time i kind of started to get this picture that we're painting. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like you could go 
move shapes around on a screen. And I, and I realized there is like real important to this stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and move numbers around in a spreadsheet or you can go do something a little bit more meaningful. That's why I got into forestry. I was just fascinated with kind of the, the beauty and the, like the logging has a, what's the word you would use? It almost has like an ambiance or romanticism, mm-hmm. despite the, the roar of a chainsaw and like the big machines. It, there's almost like something romantic about it, right? Oh yeah, big time. And so I did that, I got the degree. I actually, and then I worked for a forestry consultant for not too long, like a year, my first year out of college. I worked for Green Timber down in Barriga. Mm-hmm. And, and that was fun. I really liked that job. It was actually like the best job ever for <laughs> a young guy. Uh, but then kids came and, and money got real and that's, and that's where things had to change. Right. So, sure. um, that was also, you know, I tried doing a little bit of everything. I tried selling insurance for a while after that didn't work. Then, then COVID had come by that time and I. It was like humbling to say this still to this day, which maybe it shouldn't be, but I took a job working in the Walmart back room. Mm-hmm. So that's when I got uh, kind of familiar with with trucking, which is kind of a big part of what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just managing a crew of teenagers basically in the afternoon and in into the night shift, unloading trucks at the loading dock in Walmart, sorting the freight and stocking it. And then that lent me the opportunity to eventually head to Gator Bar and do some logistics stuff over there. So mm-hmm. that's where I am now. Scheduling trucks, scheduling material, inbound and outbound, loading, unloading, planning, material usage. Um, I get to meet a lot of truckers. That's been my favorite part of it, for <laughs> sure. I get to see a lot of cool trucks, talk to um, interesting people shake their hands and and truckers are interesting to me because they always have a story like and and they always want to talk right Right. they're they're cooped up in a truck for like however many hours before they get to you yeah so when they hit that dock or when they hit when they're ready to go like like man do they have some stuff to say yeah which makes it it makes it fun though right and and that's what i do now so we can get into that more i i enjoy that yeah i really do Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Yeah, so I mean, you're doing it right now in a manufacturing plant helping with trucking helping I, I mean you're you're living what your podcast is about right uh 
Yeah, it's interesting. I the school dynamic is is I've got a, a flowing relationship with it. I went to three years at tech, enjoyed it. Like it was fun, mm. carefree lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Uh, but eventually I'm like, I'm not going to, I was going for math. I'm like, I know I'm not going to use this. Like the thought of going, same deal, like being a, a analyst in a cubicle is never going to happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't see being a teacher necessarily, even though I still have that draw. Um, and I, and I had such a strong interest in business and sales. I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. And I need to get into this other thing. So I feel like I found a similar thing as you, except for me, it's been the sales side of things, right? Which is an under celebrated, underappreciated thing. Even though yeah, I'm trying to think, I feel like there's more beauty. There's more romanticism. There's more utility in a way for what your world is versus sales. I mean, I, I understand there's a huge value in, in a high quality salesperson, but it's not as <clears throat> You don't get to see your work at the end of the day in a way, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I guess I tried it for a while. I mean, it's tough, right? Yeah. Like, like it's, it's just a totally different, I think you almost have to want two different, they're two different end games. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, think I think the sales end game is probably, and this is just my opinion. You can disagree with me, but the mm. sales end game is probably more of a lifestyle. Hmm, the sure, manufacturing end game is more of an outcome yeah a outcome as in like this thing now exists because of me yeah or like these jobs now exist because of me this product now exists right because i helped it yeah it's uh i, I could go on like the uh, again the, there's there's 14 rabbit holes in the world of sales i could go down for sure but uh <sighs> The manufacturing side again you get to see your work it's more feels more productive that feeling of satisfaction at the end of the day of like i built that is more evident uh, i in every aspect of business you could each segment is super important but i've always said and i maintain this is true but obviously any you could maintain this argument about anything is like without sales you have nothing right you'd be the best manufacturer Thanks. in the world you'd be the best anything in the world but if you don't have product that's being sold you've got nothing at all. Right. Yeah. So there's huge value in it. I understand that. And I appreciate it. And it really just comes from my interest in people. But I, you even talk about logging. Like I've dreamed about, I wonder what it would be like to just do something like that. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's yeah. Uh, can you leave manufacturing at work? Is that a thing? Like, can, is, is that easier to leave at work versus take home with you versus like when you're selling insurance or, um, you should ask Eric that question, but well, he's not the right guy to yeah, ask. Yeah, but no, I think but, you know if if you're not in, for the most part, you can. Yeah. I think so. Like I think our shop guys actually do a good job of it. Yeah, um, they work four twelves or four tens, depending. So they get you know, like an extra day, mm -hmm. and then when we had a weekend shift, they were working three twelves. Okay, and getting paid a premium for those last four hours. Right. So they get four days off or three days off. Um, I think I think most of the guys do a good job of it actually. Yeah. You know, I have a little bit different role because there is still some office work um, and there's still some like trucks run on their own schedule. So I have to sometimes make myself malleable. Mm -hmm. uh, especially during 2022, you, you just saw this, 21 and 22, you just saw this insane demand and there wasn't enough trucks in the world or rebar to send or whatever. It was like, 
I had to keep my pulse a little bit closer to that plant, but sure. But now it's to a point where I think, I think for the most part you can, unless you're in management, I guess is the bottom line. Yeah. Obviously if you're the owner or you're in management, it's a way different world. Right. But, um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Then that ties into you and starting to write online. And that was, I feel like this podcast for me is super fun because, and I feel like it might tie into this is talk about the obsessed podcast, right? You get into something and it's like, somebody asks you a question about mule deer hunting, for example. And it's like, you can kind of gauge real quickly. Are they interested? Are they just asking to be nice? If they're asking Mm -hmm. to be nice, I'll give them the 30 second spiel, you know, but if you're interested, how many, how much time you got, you know, right. Right. In a way, this lets me and people that I talk to get into all these things in a way of more of not a like, Hey, let's just be nice about it, but how much time you got type of thing, yeah. you know? Right. Uh, and I feel like that's you. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that you doing this? That's an excuse and a way for you to actually get into the things that you're excited about versus the 30 second. Let's be nice on a Friday as you're Abs- leaving work. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So like I just explained a little bit, like I've grown this fascination for, for trucks and truckers, mm-hmm. like, if you would ask me when I was 18 years old, like trucks were just things that went down the road. Like yeah. it literally didn't matter. Right. And now I'm kind of like into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know mechanics still, like I'm still not the best mechanic in the world, but I envy guys that are, but anyways. Yeah. So I think you see that, right. Is I talk to and I write about people that are in trucking mm-hmm. because you're right. It's, it's a way, it's an outlet for me to, to learn yeah and i also enjoy history mm-hmm. and, and so you see the, those like i only have two episodes out right now those are my first two episodes yeah. history and trucking right? right so yeah it's just uh it is a way for me to to really dig into it yeah like really dig into it it's unreal though because i feel like when you really dig into it that's where like you don't know where you're going to get to that's for a part of me what this is so exciting for like it's an adventure you know yeah uh, and, and even like you don't you have no idea where you're going to get to you have no idea what you're going to learn, but it's, you don't get there until you get into it, but it's just, I don't know. No, like you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So we, when me and Mike were on, we, like, we figured out that he actually has a service that I could use. Like I knew he was from Texas and I knew he trucked and I knew he spent a lot of time hauling farm equipment mm-hmm. um, for John Deere out of Iowa. And uh, lo and behold, I find out I'm in talking to him that he wants a job where he can actually narrow his geographic scope Mm -hmm. and drive around Texas. Well, it turns out that we have a warehouse in Texas and we sometimes need deliveries, you know, to say Tulsa, Oklahoma or to Phoenix, Arizona, Mm -hmm. where he could make it a one or two day trip and he doesn't have to be out for weeks at a time. He can see his wife. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, so now I'm working, you know, it's not a done deal, but I'm working with him on that. And that only happened because we sat down and talked for two hours. And at the end of those two hours, I heard about his future goals and Mm. that was one of his future goals. Okay. Well now it's something actually we can help each other with, right? We have a mutual need and I would have never done that had I just been cordial with him, you know, saying Mm -hmm. hi or something or more than hi, but saying, yeah, cool truck or I like. I like that you haul for deer. That's neat. And then if the conversation stopped there, you would have never got there. No. Right. And it's like, uh, I almost relate it in my head when we were talking about this, it's like a car club. You got guys in a car club, it, it lets them all nerd out on cars 
and other people aren't rolling their eyes being like oh okay this guy again you know like you're all pumped about it mm -hmm. again like if you're in this setting or your setting or what you're getting into that's your way of just being pumped about it you know yeah exactly uh, and i feel like that's uh, that's unreal do you feel like that's what this is for you yeah for sure and again it's so it's it's many many facets but the always been super curious about people uh so that's where I, for you i want i'm like wait a minute what does this mean for you and you, and you know what i mean you're mm. like hey let's talk yeah. about the uh the, the midwest and whatever i'm like what did this podcast fulfill in your life all this kind of stuff and uh, that's where because i don't always know those questions for myself like why did i start this podcast i could give you the six reasons on a on a surface level on a on a easy to explain level is why i did but i i feel like there's absolutely got to be some either subconscious or hard to admit reasons as to why i started this and i feel like if you or like if i like i like learn from you so that's why if i can pick your brain like why did you start your podcast why are you writing what are you searching for outside of the hey i want to learn uh hey i want to push myself intellectually because that's all of what this is absolutely yeah uh, i want the challenge but then there's like wait is there something deeper is there like a psychological thing is it a is it a what is it i don't know the desire to push obviously it's like the human condition in a way right but right i feel like learning as to why you're doing those things or hearing your answer i can relate to that and be like yes that's me no uh, and i learn way more about myself through hearing about you in a way too yeah one thing that's interesting to me is <laughs> so many things have came to me later in life like yeah like growing up i was just it was i wasn't way different as a person but it was like the interests were like sports, chasing girls, hanging out with your friends, right? Mm -hmm. And and you older you get, you start to appreciate more stuff, like like the kinds of work my dad did. Like I, like he's a great welder. Mm -hmm. Man, would that be a cool skill to learn? But you just don't prioritize it when you're young, right? And another one of those things that I think kind of has been my motivation is history. And it, oh man, if you would have asked eighteen year old me, like what do you think about history? I said, okay, you know, it's a thing. I, it's a class I took in school and mm -hmm. it, it would have ended there. Right. But especially your own family, when you start to learn about previous generations, I think there's, there's quite literally something genetic to, to purpose. And maybe that sounds bizarre, but to the, the kind of person and the lifestyle you, you lead and I don't want to paint anyone into a corner if they, if they dislike something their parents did. Mm -hmm. But I think for most of us, we can be proud of what our parents did, right? Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be a duplicate, but you're going to be really close. Yeah. And at some point, you have to come to grips with that. Right. And the more you explore your family history, you're like exploring different potential iterations of yourself, I think. Mm -hmm. And... Um, that to me is just neat, right? So we had a lot of farmers, a lot of guys that worked in manufacturing or, or production or whatever. And it's more than just their job, but it's like the way they took on life and the way they raised their kids and the heartache they endured. And, and then you hear those stories and you see those things and all of a sudden your own life now is much more meaningful mm -hmm. that's to me it was right so yeah i was 21 year uh, older than that actually i was like 23 probably when i figured out 
the person I was named after jumped out of an airplane on D-Day. Hmm. All of a sudden, like, like that's a, the person I'm named after. Yeah. I have like things to live up to that are like far beyond whatever I'm worried about if I'm going to make it home at five o'clock for dinner. Like all of a sudden your problems become pretty trivial. Yeah. And I think the more I've learned about my family history, the more I want to like highlight these kinds of guys. And that's probably been my biggest driver is learning my family history. Does that, you talked about purpose and the family history informing you about yourself, but does that like, is that just interesting or do you take that history and, and you said you gives your life meaning, but I guess I, okay, let me reverse this. So a part of what this podcast is, and I'll tie this back in for me is like celebrating who you are naturally in a way. And I talk about your family history or the genetic side of it or whoever else. Yeah. Right. And leaning in on that, because I feel like through my life, I found a ton of value in, in like tons of introspection of like, who are you? What drives you? What motivates you? Uh, what are you good at? What are you not good at? And, and tailoring all that to say, and, and like, pursue things that fit all those metrics. And for me, that's sales and work with people. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I've learned that man, I'm, I'm super thankful that I took the time or however it worked. I don't know how it worked, but like found that out instead of trying to butt my head against the wall and make something work that sh- isn't yeah. working. Right. Uh, and I feel like that's part of what this is, is like figuring out or like, there's so many aspects of this podcast, but part of it is like, like the psychological, who are you and lean in on that. Right. Uh, but that's all, I've always focused on the internal, like just you, Jack focusing on Jack, mm. right? Uh, are you saying that you also take some family history and, and apply it in the same way? Yeah. In a sense? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Imagine, imagine like if you were doubting yourself ever mm-hmm. and you figured out your, your great grandpa jumped out of an airplane on d-day two on d-day two right (laughs) on d-day in world war two yeah um all of a sudden you have a lot okay i'm literally named after this person Mm -hmm. i have what's the politically correct term i have the balls to do big things yeah i have like gumption i have courage Mm-hmm. I know it's in me because exam like the biggest example of them all. Yeah. Right. Like, so I, that's in me, right. That, that person is in me. Hmm. And then, you know, we have like my mom's side goes all the way back to Plymouth colony. You start to think about people that quite literally founded the country. Mm-hmm being in you okay now you have more confidence in in a a ton of things right but in let's say you know deal making and and um just dealing with people whatever it is that was you know not the smoothest example but Mm -hmm. you can like then you face a challenge or a circumstance and you have all these memories or like events to draw on Mm -hmm. And maybe you never dealt with it before, but you know that someone did, right. someone close to you, or your blood did. Yeah. And then, therefore, you can handle it. Yeah. Man, that's interesting. I'd be curious to, 
like explore some family history and just see. And again, as you think about that, I mean like close family history, grandparents and stuff for sure. I pull from them. Right. Uh, beyond that i i mean i've read some little snippets but not necessarily looked into like who are these people and how do they relate to me in a way yeah and i don't know why i started i think it's interesting because my dad has like if he went to school in modern times he, he would be diagnosed with like a learning disability probably okay for sure adhd and he has this i don't know we'll call it like uh like almost like a verbal dyslexia okay so he's like in storytelling or listening to a story, oftentimes he can get things jumbled. Mm-hmm. So he tells me sometime in high school, like, "Oh yeah, your your great grandma's brother, the guy you're named after, he like he like died in the Second World War, and he's like a hero, and he has all these medals." So one, you're like 18, you're like, "Okay, cool," mm-hmm. but you don't like feel like sitting down and reading a book about it. And two, because of that, I'm probably like, "Yeah, he probably got some details wrong." You know, that's probably mm-hmm. not what happened, right? And then, I don't know, who knows what I, why, but one day I just decided to look it up, like, five years later. Yeah. I was like, holy cow, there's something to this. They yeah. actually did, right? Like, before they stormed the beaches, there was an airdrop behind the beach. And these guys, these paratroopers were supposed to capture these critical points before they hit the beach. Mm-hmm. So that when they hit the beach, eventually they would capture this airstrip and then they could resupply behind. Right. That was the idea. Well, I was like low fog over the English channel and it's a bad jump. So like one of the planes, everyone died. They jumped right into the English channel. Unreal. The other plane, and then the other two both mix, missed their drop. And you have guys scattered across the countryside, not where they're remotely close, where they're supposed to be trying to push their way back to where they are supposed to be mm-hmm. behind enemy lines. And, and that's how he, you know, he died fighting like a day after the day after he was dropped hmm. behind enemy lines. And, uh, yeah, you just, you hear that and all of a sudden your problems are much more trivial. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's super interesting. It's, uh, what, timeline in this whole world did you start uh writing online then um or, or even a timeline from now was it six months ago yeah ago? no it's probably like it's probably about a year ago okay um and some of it is is fake it till you make it right sure but the one thing i've always been impressed with and i and i try and tell them when i can is like you have guys like I work with Eric Ajo and Brad Kangas mm-hmm. and those guys never went to school, but they take me to school like every day. Yeah. Right. And, um, and that to me was just interesting. And I felt like it was something I know should know. And I didn't. And, um, so to some extent you fake it till you make it and you write because you're trying to learn while you write. Same reason you podcast, right? Yeah. You're trying to learn while you podcast. Right. And, um, literally in the beginning I was just, there was like two things that I wrote that I knew about. And then you just start picking topics, literally researching them <laughs> because they sound cool. And then just write a summary mm-hmm. and that's it. Hmm. Um, fake it till you make it right. Like, yeah. like do people view you as knowing about this? Maybe. Um, but my goal wasn't to like try and be 
or like show some expertise that wasn't really there. My goal was to like highlight sure a facet of our corner of society that you don't think about mm -hmm. and, and make everyday people think about it. Yeah. That was my goal. Okay. But do you know why? <sighs> yeah. Do you know why in a way? I know that's an impossible question, but like what, if there was a why behind why you wanted to celebrate it, do you, do you know that answer? Because I sucked at it. You sucked at celebrating it? No, I sucked at anything to do with working with my hands. Okay. And I realized that however old I was that to me, this is my opinion, of course, but working with your hands is the noble thing to do. Yeah. Is there's, there's like paper pushing and, and glorified moving numbers around and, and there's a, there's a personal side of sales too. So yeah, I don't yeah. want to make it sound like I don't take offense at all, but right. yeah, but like the world doesn't turn without these guys. Absolutely. And at some point I recognized that and I recognized I wasn't one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Oh shoot. Like I had to figure it out if I wanted to view myself as, as contributing yeah. as meaningful. Right. And it was a hard pill to swallow late in life that you didn't know how to do a lot of things. Yeah. So celebrating it because you don't necessarily, doesn't come naturally to you or oh, you just yeah, didn't? No, it does not come naturally to me. Okay. Like, yeah, sure. I can like change my oil or change my tire or frame a wall. Right. But there's a far cry from like framing a wall and building a house. Yeah. And, and like you get into the real world, if you want to call it that. And you realize like, the world actually depends on these dudes that no one ever talks about. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to do any of it. Right. It's, uh, okay. And then, uh, but there's a, there's a lot of people that I think would be in your shoes and realize that and want to appreciate it, but not start writing about it. And I'm mm -hmm. just, that's right. That's where I'm curious. What, what pushes you to write about it? I think it's unreal. So I'm not trying to Thank take you. away from it. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe it's it's like the history thing. I think it's because I wish someone would have told me. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to my parents. Like they were just trying to do what's best with me mm -hmm. or what in their eyes was best for me. So they pushed college, right? And, right. and uh, there's a lot of good things that came out of that too. But I think I write about it because if we're... And I don't know why I view this like I'm like acting on behalf of America. Maybe it's some kind of complex, mm -hmm. <laughs> but if we're going to be a great nation again or a great town again, or a great family again, or a great person again, you can mm -hmm. like pick yeah. your scale. Um, you need to do the hard things. And yeah. in many ways I view like a personal challenge for an individual in the same light as the, I view like a, a structural problem that education is or manufacturing like that dynamic. I don't know how to say it exactly, but that dynamic is to the nation the same as like a personal challenges to me. Mm -hmm. And I just wish I would have had known someone like, I guess I'm trying to make it cool, but uh, it sounds bad, but no one's going to do anything if it's not cool. Right. Yeah. Like you're never going to get an 18 year old kid to just like decide to quit, um, chasing girls 
and like trying to get into a university of Michigan or something. Mm -hmm. If he thinks manufacturing is like a sweatshop in China, there's like a, you're never going to close that gap. Right. And at some point it actually matters for policy and, and economics in your town. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have guys fill that role. Right. So who's out there, who's out there promoting it? Yeah. And because I sucked at it, any like literally any kind of blue collar work like you can talk about woodworking you can talk about wrenching you can talk about whatever i'm okay putting myself out there and being like the uh just yeah i found that the, one of the best things to do is just admit admit your ignorance and be like people are way nicer to you if you admit your ignorance mm -hmm. there's i i think from the outside looking in I'm curious. I, I, I bet you this is true. There's a, two things I'm thinking about. One is, well, I'll see if I can remember the second one. I'm, I'm forgetting it now. But the first one is like, there's like a, uh, you starting writing, you starting the podcast is that this feels fulfills for me is like an intellectual pursuit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that like if I'm, and I think it speaks to personality. And, and we, we've even talked about how, okay, we struggle with our working with our hands potentially. And, and I talked about podcasting. I talked about Jordan off air. We were talking about how Jordan Peterson was talking to Joe Rogan, how people that are very scatterbrained in a way and interested in a ton of things, uh, used to be a detrimental thing, right? Uh, like if you're, if you're welding, you're going to be thinking about something else and weld the wrong spot or back the truck up into the shop or whatever. Like you're more <laughs> accident prone, you're yeah. more, your mind's on different things, whatever that lets like this or what you're doing lets you pursue those things. And whenever I find myself in a role where I'm not like highly, what's the word? Highly, uh, not highly engaged, but like highly challenged, no, highly stimulated, I think, and, mm, and, and yeah. fired up on what I'm doing at that moment. I'll be doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but my mind's on whatever book I'm reading or whatever, like it's gone, right? Absolutely. Not, and, and to the extreme where I'll drive myself crazy, if I don't have something like that to like think about and dwell on and work on or whatever, mm -hmm. and my mind will just go and go and go and go and go until I come up with something to, okay, I can focus on that, you know? Yeah. Uh, or, or, or that's an outlet, you know, or, or like create this and like this, that's part of what this is for me, right. this podcast I'm saying. And I, I think that like for you, for you, if does it fulfill a similar thing, the writing yeah. thing, it's almost like if you, cause I, I've sometimes wished I could just go through the motions and not have to just rack my brain and, and work on, I can't even help it. Right. But I, like, that's where I'm like, man, what would it be like to go do this, come home, be content. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, uh, no, I think, I think that's, that's true. And I, I would have never thought about it like that, but yeah. that's certainly true. And that's certainly how I am. Yeah. And that probably is an outlet for me. Yeah. Because yeah, I feel like it's meaningful too, but yeah, there's probably some, to some extent, just like I need something to do when I want it to be something that I enjoy. Right. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's just like, um, it's kind of the same as Rogan and it. one thing I always try to stay away from is like talking about Rogan yeah because I don't want people to think like I'm trying to be him right but I think he he actually this is separate he kind of does a good job of this is you can tell he likes fighting mm -hmm. like in many ways 
and he was a fighter maybe not the best fighter but he was like around fighting he was had fights Mm -hmm. but he clearly wasn't the best so he kind of like moved to this periphery job where he Hmm. still gets to be very engaged in it involved in it commentate on it Mm -hmm. talk to fighters but doesn't have to go lose yeah and and maybe that's a bad phrasing but Mm -hmm. no it's a huge part he does a good job of of staying relevant doing meaningful things in the periphery yeah so if i'm not the bench best wrench turner what can i do to stay relevant in the periphery yeah okay so i can appreciate that but is that and again i'm just i guess i'm just again to me it's fascinating i'm super pumped that you started a podcast uh a because i can pick your brain i got this is you know what i mean because i don't know it's just super interesting but is it is the writing and the podcast does it fulfill whatever that is i I feel like i sometimes struggle to explain what that what i'm talking about but in a way it's it's a way to fulfill that adhd isn't the correct term no but i know what you mean um yeah probably not all the way yeah (laughs) but yeah i think so i think even at and yeah sorry if any of my coworkers are listening to this but even at work i'll find myself like thinking about that yeah what am i going to write about next what am i going to talk about next or who am i going to talk to Mm -hmm. by the way it's turns out it's really hard to schedule guests on a podcast so you do a really good job i've discovered it the hard way yeah um but yeah i'll i'll definitely yeah but even like that right so like i'm thinking about one day the salt boat like comes into uh comes into the the canal there and like unloads in Hancock mm-hmm. and I just saw an article in Q&R report about it or something and now I'm like thinking about Great Lake shipping all day mm-hmm. and then I sit down at lunch and I read about Great Lake shipping and I and then I go home at night and write a post about Great Lake shipping right because yeah I'm like that yeah too yeah. scatterbrained mm-hmm. and you can just you can get on something and just like you said you start to wonder about it right I see one story in the newspaper about the salt boat arriving in Hancock and then later I'm writing a whole page about Great Lake shipping yeah so I, I hinted at Jordan Peterson like three minutes ago and that's what he was talking about again is that that scatterbrain type it used to be detrimental pretty much across the board whereas now in like a podcast or a writing setting or whatever it's actually a highly beneficial thing because that curiosity just is what keeps you afloat uh and, and that was even super enlightening for me. Like when I discovered sales and I realized that if you have an interest in people that you can be rewarded for it, like that's unbelievable. And when I discovered that through him saying that, that if you are highly curious, scatterbrain, that this type of a setting is potentially really good for you. I was already doing it. I learned that the week I released the podcast, but I was like, holy moly, unreal. Yeah. Uh, confirmation bias, maybe. I don't know. But either way. Right. No, that's interesting. But I, I, one thing that's, I would almost push back on is I don't feel that it's detrimental if you can harness it correctly for sure but I know what you're saying and I think I think most people probably know what you're saying and most people have probably experienced what you're saying right um the ADHD bit of it and that's probably not fair that we keep using that term Mm -hmm. but um, the scatterbrained like not staying on task correct fraction of it but if you can harness that, 
I think outside of just podcasting too, there there's ways you can leverage that. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that's nice about my job right now is I have like three different hats I wear. So I wear like the planning materials hat. I wear like the loading and unloading materials hat Mm -hmm. and I wear the quality control hat. And so when I get sick of one, I can just go to the other. Yeah. And I mean, not always, right? Sometimes there's a task that blocks out your morning or something and, and you're gonna have to sit through that. But, but if you can utilize or even, or even like try and talk your way into a role that you know is, is diverse. Mm-hmm. That's really been helpful to me hmm. because when I was, uh, when I was at Walmart, like they have everything. It's actually impressive. They have everything there down to like the minute mm-hmm. they know when that truck hits the dock, there's 34 minutes worth of aisle B stock in that truck. And so it should take someone 34 minutes to stock that aisle, hmm. right? Like that's, they know that. Mm-hmm. So then take someone like us and put them in and it's the same protocol at this time, the do- truck hits the dock, it's this many hours, it's this, this, this. And there's some people skills cause I was managing like people, but for the most part, yeah, that's what made that job super tough. Is yeah. You just don't, are you the right, do you have the right mold for what you're trying to do? It mm-hmm. could be a job. It could be a, a hobby like this, which I've, I've been really enjoying myself probably for this reason mm-hmm. or it can be even like a maybe you have like a a personal mission that's more true to your heart or something but if you can like fit the your personality to the mold i think you'll go a lot further mm-hmm. for sure yeah it's uh so many angles and so many avenues on the for this podcast, I talk about people being obsessed. Are you that way? Like when you're right now, you're thinking about podcasts, right? You're thinking about the, the, uh, the rust belt, the, uh, Midwest, all this stuff. When you get into things, do you think about them around the clock basically? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and they've come and gone throughout my life, but for sure right now, this is, this is it. You know, I'm always trying to think about what corner of my life yeah, I'm always thinking about what, what can I talk about? Mm-hmm. What can I write about? You know, you almost like start paying more attention in your, in your mundane things because you're like, okay, what here would be a cool story to tell? Mm-hmm. Um, probably my favorite one was just recently. There was someone talking about nickel demand in electric vehicles because California is thinking about requiring all trucks at the port by 20, not thinking about the legislation is on the floor. All trucks in the port, the, our biggest port in the nation, second biggest maybe, are gonna have to be electrified by 2026 maybe. Okay. It, it's like a short time away, right? Mm-hmm. So they're talking about what kind of demand is there for the metals that go into these batteries. And like that's a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about that and I saw nickel get brought up and I'm like, okay, yeah, I know they mine nickel over in Ishming there at Eagle Mine. Started looking around, doing a little bit of research. The only nickel in the U.S. is coming out of Ishming. And there's a massive demand for EVs. Well, this is something that would be really cool to write about. Right. That dynamic between how 
our local mine can help fuel or you know and a lot of people disagree with it and that's fine but the bottom line is like eagle mine is about to be a really important player in there in our backyard and almost hmm. no one ever talks about them right right unless you live in ishpeming or marquette nagani yeah unless your dad works there or your brother works right. there and or or you live right next to it or something like that and yeah. they're about to become a massive piece of the u.s infrastructure puzzle yeah you ever read uh atlas shrugged by Ayn Rand, or I don't know if you pronounce that correctly. Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand. Yeah, um, I've read bits. I haven't sat down and read it all, and it's been a while. So. Okay, that one's in- interesting. Um, that's what just makes me think of it. And basically, there's a. Do you know the gist of it? Do you know that? Yeah. Okay. That there's a certain amount of people that make things happen. Yeah, are doing disproportionate amount of work, and you cannot let them right. stop. And basically, it's a, a cry against socialism, right? Right. Um, and saying that all these programs, yeah, basically the the movers and the shakers are the ones that need to be celebrated and the rest of the world. And you can almost lump all the people that are in opposition as what we're calling like these, uh, I don't know what you want to call them. But either way, there's there's a, there's certain key important people. And, and I feel like that Atlas Shrugged celebrates everything you're celebrating is the mm. manufacturers and the, and the and the builders and the creators and the road builders and the bridge builders and the everything yeah you know yeah that's that's interesting i would have never compared myself to to Anne or Anne. yeah <laughs> but uh no, but, but, but anyways yeah no the 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 narrative the point is, is is interesting yeah and uh important i obviously agree with it so i don't i don't know how much more i need to say on it but i think that the fun part now has become making a puzzle where we can find more like who else can we highlight what can we talk about mm-hmm. um yeah i mean one thing i recently dug up that was kind of cool and this is yeah you just go about your everyday life and you see stuff and you're like looking at that and there's inevitably a cool story there oh yeah so my grandpa he's like he's like an antique guy he like goes to the antique mall you know and he gets this old Sears and Robux. This is kind of a hot topic right now. You know how you used to be able to order like an entire home kit out mm-hmm. of Sears and Robux? Yeah. He finds like one of those magazines from 33, from 1933. And he gives it to my mom as a Christmas present. Oh, here's a neat little historical gift. I'm f- thumbing through it. And one of the ads is in there is for, um, I can't remember what, it was a Joyce of some kind. I can't remember exactly, but... It says explicitly, made out of Upper Peninsula Hemlock. Hmm. Like, like they were proud of it. They were advertising it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was less than 100 years ago. And do we even... Yeah, it's like, where has that gone, right? You would never go to a hardware store now. They'd be like, yeah, our wood is proudly Upper Peninsula Hemlock. Mm-hmm they probably can't even tell you where it's made. They write SPFs, Bruce Pine fir. They don't even know, you know, which mm-hmm. blend it is. So I don't know. I obviously thought that was neat. And, and so then I wrote about that. Hmm. And it's just this daily, um, it can become kind of fun, right? You just, yeah. you're looking around your everyday life for, for a story that, that highlights these guys. Cause they are everywhere and they are really important. Right. So that's kind of become my own personal little thing is, is digging around for a story. Yeah. Huh. No, it's, uh, I think it's sweet. I think it's a sweet mission. Uh, again, I'm pumped because I can pick your brain about the whole 
the whole behind the scenes stuff in a way and we can learn from each other like hey how do you approach this how do you approach this yeah what's this thought process here stuff like that and 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 i've learned this in everything real estate all kinds of things like your answer is not my answer and my answer is not your answer but you still learn from each other and you still learn why do you do that why do you approach this way and then there's to me it's interesting is like if you have some some principles and some foundations in the back end uh even like little things like learning okay pursue what you're interested in who cares what people think right like i feel like that's what makes it uh, meaningful i think you're gonna uh if you're going to have a crowd listening, it's going to be a crowd that's interested in what you're interested in versus you trying to fit whatever you think your crowd is interested in or something like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, like things like that. Like if you have that be your foundation that I don't, I think you can miss that and you can get caught in the weeds if you don't have somebody to be a bumper in a way. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's I'm right now. I feel like I'm, probably do for asking more questions you've been around the block a lot longer but i am excited for it and i think there is truth there for sure getting caught in the weeds um i find myself still doing it sometimes you know mm-hmm. like you don't have to uh reply to everything someone says you don't have to um yeah you don't have to worry too much i i try and remind myself that because sometimes it's just, let's say a person a person makes a comment to me either in real life so like i have gotten some feedback now in real life Mm -hmm. from people i know that's been really cool sure that's been really cool um but yeah like someone said (laughs) someone said yeah you you should really put an intro on your podcast like right record the podcast think about what you said and then go record an intro about what you're going to talk about Mm -hmm. so that the listener knows like you can preempt them with what you're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. You know, she's like, your podcast is like an hour and a half long and I don't know if it's going to be worth my time or not. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that makes sense. And then I hadn't done it yet, but I told someone else I was going to do it. Like, I think I'm going to put an intro on this time. And they're like, that's a terrible idea because what if they don't like it? If they like you enough to listen to the podcast, they should like you enough to listen for a while. Yeah. And if they decide they don't like the topic, then they might just shut it off when they could have found something interesting just by dragging them along for the ride. Mm-hmm. So now, so then it's like, you have one person saying X and one person saying Y and I'll just, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'll probably just pick whatever feels natural. Yeah. Like with Mike, that dude was just so energetic and fiery. Mm-hmm. I would not want to put my, boring voice in front of his you yeah. know like to start the episode it probably just depends but if there's like some not warning but you know preface you need to give then maybe you do mm-hmm. but like you said people are always have some critique or or and a lot of times it is constructive mm-hmm. right but i try not i've learned the hard way that you can't just follow what everyone says because then you just get drug around back and forth yeah I, so to, to say that is like, you, as somebody that's doing this, you put this out there, there's however many people listening to it and you have no idea how they feel about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that concern is like for all of your life, all of your interactions, you can look them in the eye and be like, Hey, how do you feel about this? You just read their body language. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now all of a sudden you get this, put this message out there or whatever. You have no idea how people think about it. So there's that. I think that's like a unnatural thing in a way. And that's where that, those alarm bells can come off. Cause all of your life you're trained 
to perceive and understand how people think about you. Ah, uh, right? that's interesting. Uh, that's really interesting. I never thought about it like that. That's how I, I think so. Uh, so then that side of things is like, you really, really appreciate feedback because yeah. you're like, I don't know how many people have listened. They could all hate it. I have no idea. Right. right. Uh, obviously you could, you could look at your feedback and say it's overwhelmingly positive. Okay. Maybe it's a good anyways. Um, for to say that is like, you appreciate feedback, but you also want to let people know like, Hey, you, I, I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate your criticism, but anything you've, you're going to tell me, I've heard the opposite. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I've, I've heard, I've had people say, man, I wish you would talk more about yourself. I've had people say, I wish you would talk less about yourself. So it's like, okay, where's again, like who cares? Just have a conversation. Yeah, right. But, exactly. um, I've had people tell me like for certain episodes, that was my favorite episode. I could not shut it off. I loved it. Uh, other people, the same exact episode, man, I couldn't make it through it. Like, oh, okay. You know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. It, right. Absolutely. Every single piece of feedback I've gotten, I've got the reverse. Maybe not because I'm overwhelmingly positive, right? People aren't going to, even though if they don't like it, usually they're going to like, eh, I don't like it. Shut it off. Right. Yeah. Well, um, exactly. Right. Which is the way to look at it. But anyway, so eventually you realize the feedback is really appreciated but I can't really take it into account. You just got to yeah. do you, you know? Yeah. And I know it's like uh, different because we're talking about podcasting now, but yeah. I was with someone when they gave you some advice hmm. telling you, Hey, you don't feel like you need to apologize on your podcast. Yeah. And that was good for me to hear too. Right. Because you have a relationship with the guest. And maybe there's something you feel like you need to preface or leave out. And, and then you find yourself stumbling and apologizing mm -hmm. uh, on the mic. Right. And like that person told you, hey, we like you enough to listen. You don't need to apologize for anything. Just yeah. talk, you know. Right. I feel like I did a lot better job of that. With my first guest, and this is what was interesting, is my first guest and my second guest were totally different. Hmm. My first guest took up massive blocks. And it was all good. I like learned a ton. But it was a massive blocks of time, rambling and rambling and rambling. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, oh, shoot, is that what a podcast is if you suck at being a host? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Right. Like, I enjoyed it, but do other people enjoy it? I don't know. Right? right. Yeah, all this other stuff. And then get on the second guest, and he's a ball of energy, but it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's like two totally different styles. Um, So where I'm going with that is, I don't think anything you do is going to make everyone happy. There's all kinds of different guests. There's all kinds of different ways you could host that person and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like, like that person told you when I was standing there, it's just be yourself because people care enough to turn the podcast on. Right. And if they don't yeah. like it, they can shut it off. Yeah. But having some of those foundations, like I approach, I approach a lot of things in life with that is like, have your foundations, have your principles, and the rest takes care of itself, right? Yeah. Uh, I approach sales that way. I, I try to approach everything that way. And like that's how I try to approach this. But if you are alone out there, you absolutely get stuck in the weeds and all of a sudden you're getting worried about this or thinking about that or going down this bad path. That Not bad path. Going down a path that is taking you away from what your true mission is in a way. Um, and that's where I think having somebody like you to bounce off of is beneficial oh yeah well thank you and you the same i know i've already asked you quite a bit but you have to start saying like comment and subscribe if you want people's feedback yeah <laughs> no, I'm i kidding. know i'm uh 
even that whole side of it, people do all these things to like get interaction and, uh, and listener. I don't know. I, I just can't do it. I uh, can't do it either. Yeah. yeah you're never going to find me like with a catchy thumbnail or right. some clickbaity title or something like that. Yeah. It's just not, I don't think that kind of, the kind of person that's going to gravitate towards that stuff isn't the kind of person that's going to like my stuff anyways. No. So I'm fine with that. Right. Right. That's what I thought about too, is like, yeah, people that grow a podcast, a lot of it's around like re- Instagram reels and TikToks and all this stuff. And maybe someday, but I can't do it. Like I, maybe I'd hire it out or something, you know what I mean? But it's just, it feels, and I think it speaks to actually everything we're celebrating is like this Midwest about like add humility back into it. Yeah. Right? That's a good point. Uh, I've talked about that quite a bit is like, I've struggled to even start this because that's what's celebrated in life is humility around here, you know? Right. Uh, and is this you stepping out of that humility lane, you know? Yeah. Uh, did you feel that at all? Or uh, have you felt that? Yeah, I guess so. To, to Probably not as much as like you or, or people around here. I just think about my wife and her family when I say people around here and maybe that's not accurate, but, mm-hmm. but there is, and I view it as a good thing. Yeah. There's a massive uh, share of humility that everyone has, mm-hmm. and it's just not the same. I know I'm in a I'm in a group chat with some logistics guys, and some of them also do content. Right. And they're always talking about like, if you do this activity on TikTok, it gets more views. If you talk about this thing. And I just get so like yeah. burnt tapped of it. It's just like, that's so dumb. Just talk about what you know about or what you're interested about, what yeah. you're trying to learn about. And the rest will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. It's funny. And then they, they'll probably shun me and say, oh, you don't have that many viewers. Okay, that's fine. Right. You know, that's fine. But it is interesting to think um, some of the some of the people, if you do talk about content creation, and I almost hate even talking about it because, <laughs> because it's like a not humble thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all consume it, I think, or mm-hmm. most of us do. So it's probably bears talking about. You look at someone like Rogan, or I, I really like Jocko. Hmm. Um, they, I think they bring the, the humility. Maybe you wouldn't say that about Rogan, but. They bring like a, or at least a, a realness, a down to earthness, mm-hmm. and it's it's probably the it's probably the barbell effect, right? Like if you look at if you look at people with humility, they're probably totally on one end because they never talked enough about themselves to ever get uh, going. I mean, this from like a content perspective, mm-hmm. not from like a life perspective, right? Like if you look at people with humility, they're probably on the left end of the dumbbell because they never could get talking enough to get going or they're on the far right because they talk just enough that people really fell in love with them Hmm. and everyone annoying is somewhere in between. Sure. (laughs) That's, that's my two cents. Yeah. Well, I could see that it's uh, but you even talk about Rogan and these guys, I think, yeah, they bring, bring humility and that's, or there's, there's like a genuineness that's hard to deny. Uh, and he will, I mean, he's like the biggest podcaster in the world, super well known, uh, and he'll talk to a farmer from Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's interesting. 
let's do it you know and i feel like that's part of what it is too that's i mean it's the same deal and he's talking to him as an equal there's no you don't get the sense that he feels he's better than any of his guests you know yeah he had he had salatin on there i think who is salatin who is uh like a regenerative farmer from virginia i think i've seen that one yeah maybe more than once but yeah no you're right he does do a good job of that and there's probably a lesson in there for your everyday life too yeah like you just gotta listen first mm-hmm. and me may, and maybe that's part of the reason i'm doing this because i i do know that oftentimes i talk first and listen later mm-hmm. and then while the other person's talking i'm already like i know that's a bad habit of mine yeah i think it's a bad habit of most people myself included it's hard not to uh you you're you're you that's part of what this was too to challenge yourself for that aspect but yeah you're focusing on what can you what do you say next versus what are they saying right, right? and it's what's the what's the term is it active listening yeah uh, right. listening to for the sake of listening versus li- listening for the sake of responding right uh it's not uh not a natural thing i don't think no for sure well maybe yeah maybe right like there's some people that are really good listeners. Yeah. But how many? But it's rare, I think. I think it's rare, but I don't necessarily think that they like practice listening. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Hard to say. Probably. You think it comes natural for I most think, people? I think it comes natural. It's just um, some kind of circumstance that leads them to be a good listener. Yeah. Like some kind of natural circumstance. But I, I don't know very many people that practice active listening. Yeah to actually think through it hey? yeah and the sad part is i kind of focus on it when i'm talking uh, on a podcast or when i'm trying to garner information for writing and then it probably most of it goes out the window as soon as i leave the yeah. room the active listening i mean yeah but i, I bet you you'll find it infiltrate into your i hope so my yeah. wife hopes so probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's uh and the, the willingness, I talk about this a lot on here too, is just the willingness to, well, A, commit to pursue and put yourself out there and do that is, uh, it's unreal. I don't know. I think it's sweet. Yeah. I think it's unreal that you did it. I think yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, you should be proud of having it. almost 100 episodes. Yeah. It's it's weird to look back at. Yeah. yeah. I have two published. Yeah. 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 And I'm supposed to have another one tonight, but. Yeah, so I I appreciate you having me. I don't know if someone, you know, I have I have two episodes, so it's like, uh, you know, what do I know? Yeah. But um, it has been a good experience writing about stuff for sure. Yeah. I, I think that here's the thing, maybe. Here, here's like my, another way that I, I could frame it to you. Because you keep asking me why it's important. Mm-hmm. And, um someone is like speaking for blue collar people Mm -hmm. but if it's not someone that stands by their side then that's an issue right like so if you think of like a coastal elite or a banker or a politician like someone is making decisions for these companies for these people Mm -hmm. if it's not one of those people then that's probably a problem right yeah so 
I always thought like being an advocate for someone was kind of like a lame thing, but I, I do see its value <laughs> or like being trying to promote like job organizations, like some society of engineers or whatever. Like I always thought that was the lamest thing, mm-hmm. but I understand it now Yeah, because if you're not speaking for yourself or someone in your organization is not speaking for you, then who is mm-hmm. and does that person accurately represent you? Yeah. But that's, you feel that calling? Um, that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty big question. Maybe. Yeah. The, the only issue I have with it, and this is a personal problem maybe, is do I view, get viewed like an outsider because I, I don't have the knack? I don't think so. I just like, I'm so impressed with these guys that I work with. Right. Right. That I just like want to go to bat for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think so at all. I think I, I, I sometimes wonder how much is that all self-limiting thoughts? Like I tell myself I'm not good at these things either, yeah. but in reality, I right. like from the outside looking in, I feel like you could a figure it out or you know it, or you're better than you think you are or whatever. This is some self-limiting belief that you told yourself when you're 16. And I wonder that about myself sometimes. You know, yeah, uh, that's that's probably true. That it's you're 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 too hard on yourself in a way, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, uh, yeah, just the why behind it, and then uh, what's the what are you searching for? What are you looking for? Uh, to me, it's unreal. The whole message, the celebration of the Midwest, the celebration of the blue collar side of things, uh, that kind of the not not anti-school but the school's not everything yeah. uh but then again just the interest in you is why you started it what were you pushing for all that kind of stuff but uh anything else we should have covered anything we talked about that we didn't hit um i'm sure there's plenty of stuff but we can we can wrap it up i appreciate you having me in here yeah if people um, want to i sh- i feel like guest sitting down with you is is a lot of discovery more yeah than, what do you- more than storytelling yeah it's more it's more personal discovery than storytelling yeah and i I think that's unique to your podcast and i think i learned something about myself sitting here so i I appreciate that yeah sometimes i feel bad like we should like i always enjoy hearing about the topic and hearing about the subject right but i quickly want to get in like why like tell me yeah i mean like and then explore that and like look at the personality and the psychology and i it's interesting. I wrote my blurb of my podcast when I started it of like explore the mindset psychology and the mindsets of those who are obsessed or whatever it is. Look back. Well, that's what I'm doing. Like not even thinking about it. You know what right. I mean? I would, I would, couldn't even told you what I've written in there necessarily. Right. right? Uh, so to a fault, I lean on that, but I go back to who cares. That's what you're interested in. Right. Right. Uh, right. Isn't there like a New York times bestseller that start with why isn't that a book? Yeah. Somebody just told me about that two days ago. Yeah. I, I should read it. Uh, and, and then they told me that you see, they're talking to me saying that you seem like a guy who is always thinking about why. Because yeah. that's true. Like, why? Yeah. And I think it puts, the perspective is pretty unique, I think. I don't think a lot of people have that. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it puts the guests, I've listened to a decent amount of your episodes, and I think it puts the guests in an interesting position mm-hmm. compared to, just sitting down and telling a story mm-hmm. or your story or a story about something. Yeah. Um, 
when you when you explore that like that give it some context then in turn it can help the listener yeah just like you're trying to help yourself it can help the listener think about what's relevant to to their own goals mm-hmm. sometimes when I, I'll, I'll listen back to a lot of these and sometimes when i do i'll ask a question i'll listen to your the guest's answer and then in like a, it's different now different in this setting versus when I'm listening to it later. When I'm listening to it later, I'm straight listening. Now there's some element of me trying to respond to, right? Like Mm -hmm. I I think I do a good job of listening, but anyways, there's some element of that. But when I'm listening to it later, it will spur a thought or a a thing about like how that applies to my life. And I'll get totally lost on this rabbit hole. I'm like, wait, I didn't listen last three minutes. I got to rewind this, go back to that and then go back to it, you know? And I feel like that's kind of what I'm doing here too, is just like, it's a way to like, I don't know. It's like a learn, learn about yourself mode too, you know? Uh, but does it just happen when you're listening to podcasts or does it happen like all the time in everyday life? Um, maybe all the time is strong, but no, right. I think when I'm passively engaged in a podcast, I think is when it mostly will happen. Uh, but music too. listen to music. So, you know, it'll spring up this memory or this thought and I'll get lost in it. Like I didn't listen to that song at all. I'm down this other path, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting because people are so different on, on how their brains work. Right. Right. And I know you had some psychology guys on and it's like me and, and so, okay. In some ways me and my dad are, are, the same mm-hmm. in our, he had, he jumbles some things but they're mostly verbal sure i jumble things like we're active trains of thought right and um he would just get so frustrated like you know if we were working on something let's say and, mm-hmm. and he's like you don't have x tool ready or or y thing ready to go it's like yeah because we're not to y yet i was like busy thinking about uranium mining mm-hmm. or something right <laughs> it was just like it's not and it's probably frustrating it probably it definitely is frustrating to people in a lot of ways yeah but if you can harness it right there is um you can multitask pretty good usually yeah and d- decent anyways and and do some cool things with it so it's really curious to see how other people's minds work so keep asking why i think that's a good yeah well no, it's I your entire it. framework so i don't think you're, you're like gonna deviate away from it or right. anything but right. uh no but it's it gives your podcast a unique a unique angle yeah well i appreciate it it's i really enjoy it it's uh and one of the i, I got one last question then for you and then we can wrap it up one of the things i learned is a lot of what makes somebody who they are can very frequently through this podcast, somebody's a writer, somebody's this, somebody's that. And it ties back to this, uh, singular moment. Somebody said, Hey, you're, you're a pretty good writer. 30 years later, they're still writing. You know what I mean? Like Mm. something like that or, or, or some unique singular event of positive feedback or something like that, that made somebody really appreciate it. Or somebody's dad said, you're this or whatever. Do you have that? Can you think back of, uh, uh, that kind of a moment in a way. Cause I, I bet you it's there. Yeah. Whether or not you can think of it. I'm just curious if you can think of a moment that is um, like singular moment like that, that has molded you into who you are today. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the boring and answer and say no. Okay. The, the one thing I will say is I did have this moment 
since I started working on Gator Bar. And so I was already working in there and you can say, you know, I was, I was already traveling the path. Mm-hmm. But when you like, start a new job, you're worried about learning your literal responsibilities, your schedule, you know, what tasks you have to get completed every week. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you stop being worried about like the the process of it and you just start doing them and mm-hmm. it becomes natural. And uh, some point at that, like I worked there for let's say a few weeks and all of a sudden one day, I do remember like having a coffee in my hand, going to the office, walking through the shop floor and seeing someone with a grinder sparks fine it's very like machine shop-esque type mm-hmm. scene and then i think back to my dad in our shop with a grinder and it kind of clicked finally like this was the noble thing all along hmm. the school the the grades the sports the girls whatever was just like It was part of the journey or whatever. It sounds very theoretical, but um, maybe the noble thing, the right thing was just putting in a hard day's work. Mm-hmm. And then you think to, uh, f- to further elaborate, like what a hard day's work can do for your family, for your the organization you work for, for your town. And then you just start scaling that. What is multiple people doing hard work? Mm-hmm. Doing things that are often shunned by, you know, modern school systems or, or a certain type of person, politician. But if everyone is doing these activities, it's my opinion that we, as people, as families, as a nation, you can scale, put wherever on the scale you want, we'd be a lot further along. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, yeah, so there was one day where it kind of like clicked to me, (laughs) you know, I was always go to college and and do these great things. I'm just a laborer. And then, okay, maybe labor was the right thing all along. Yeah. Well, I think it's unreal. And in a way there's, it's always interesting what comes to me, but in a way, it feels like you've combined the both of them. Like you pursuing writing, you with the podcast is almost like that, that not school sided mind, but in a way that's, again, it oh, go back yeah, to the intellectual mind. Okay. Uh, and then also you're fulfilling the other side of it by actively oh. working in it. Huh. Uh, but then, so I, I talk about a lot with sales is like, you got an engineer and you got salespeople. Usually they're on both ends of the spectrum. If you got somebody, you got an engineer that can sell in the middle, yeah. like you're like this uh, unbelievably hard to find asset, right? Right. So for you, if I feel like you're like engineer salesperson, instead you're the school minded manufacturer blue collar person in a way. You know what I mean? Like you can be like this middle ground between the two of them. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. That's what came to me when. <laughs> yeah, when you talk about I'll. That, um, I, I like that. Like, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And I wonder if bouncing that idea around in my head can, can lead to anything else in the future. Cause I never framed it like that. Yeah. Cause sounds, 
sounds uh sounds good yeah <laughs> like oh. will like it sounds fancy i guess is what i'm trying to say so like hopefully but i appreciate you saying that and framing it like that because never would have thought about it yeah it's uh yeah i'm curious think about that for a while i just curious where, where you come back with on it okay uh but otherwise i really appreciate it. we should remind people where do they find the podcasts um, um yeah it's on you. spotify and apple and, and what's it called again heartland revival yeah uh um i write only on twitter okay i got off of everything else so that's a whole nother story but um my username on there is rust belt kid mm-hmm. so you can find me on there at rust belt kid yeah and and with your writing with your podcast it again we've talked about a lot in here but it's celebrating the midwest blue collar uh and just looking at many aspects of it eh? yeah, yeah yeah basically that's it i try and do um one thread a week on on midwest industry or history okay uh, this week is the week i did the the nickel mine over in ishpeming hmm. um and then i just throw personal stuff in there too so if you yeah. you don't you know it's not strict right um but yeah yeah well i appreciate it jack thanks for hopping on it's fun to hear about fun to pick your brain about it all all right yeah thanks logan appreciate being here yeah hey guys thank you for listening today i hope you enjoyed it if you have and you feel so inclined share this podcast with your friends subscribe to the podcast where if you listen and give us some feedback with a review until next time thank you